بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما إن شاء الله we will pick off pick up where we left off uh, in our last lesson regarding the biography of the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and last lesson we spoke about the conversion of the uncle of the Prophet وسلم, Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib and we also spoke about the conversion of Abu Dharr al-Ghifari and with the conversion of Hamza who was a great leader of the Quraysh this actually strengthened the position of the Muslims and it strengthened Islam by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it struck fear into the hearts of the Quraysh the Quraysh were now getting scared because more and more it was not only the weak and the poor people who were accepting Islam but the powerful people the people of status the people of position the people of influence they were also starting to accept Islam and Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib was a great example of one of those people of power and influence who accepted Islam. So every time a powerful person like this would accept Islam, it would weaken the position of the kuffar of the Quraysh. And it was something that really scared them. And they tried their best to try to minimize the damage to their core. And they tried their best. And we spoke about in the last lessons, in the previous lessons, so many different types of techniques that the Quraysh tried to come up with to halt the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ. And we spoke about how they miserably failed in each one of those attempts. And the Quraysh, they tried many different ways to stop the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ. They used physical violence. They used verbal abuse and insults. They tried to go through the family of the Prophet ﷺ by speaking to the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. They spoke to Abu Talib to try to get him to try to stop his nephew from continuing to give da'wah. When that didn't work, they tried to actually bribe the Prophet ﷺ. They said, if it's money you want, we'll get you money. If it's women you want, we will get you the most beautiful wives. If it's kingship that you want, we will make you our king. They tried to bribe the Prophet ﷺ in this way to try to get him to stop preaching Islam. When that didn't work, they tried to come to a compromise with the Prophet ﷺ by saying, okay, we will worship Allah one day, but then you have to worship our gods one day as well. And then they continued to try to compromise by saying, okay, we will worship Allah for one week alone, and then you have to worship our gods for just one day. Then they went even further. They said, okay, we'll worship Allah for one month, and then you have to just worship our gods for one day. Then they said, okay, if you don't accept any of that, we will worship Allah alone for one year, complete. But then you have to give our idols and our gods at least just one day. So they tried to even compromise with the Prophet ﷺ in this way. And of course, Rasulullah ﷺ rejected all of this. So they tried so many different strategies, so many different ways to halt the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ. But Allah, of course, was on the side of His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and nothing could stop the da'wah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from 
continuing and from excelling. Alhamdulillah. So after all of these techniques failed, they decided to try yet another new approach. They decided to try to challenge the Prophet They said, okay, all of the big shots of the Quraysh, the VIPs of the Quraysh, the leaders of the Quraysh, we will get together with Muhammad and challenge him to bring some type of a miracle to prove that he is truthful, to prove that he is actually a messenger of Allah. So they asked for a meeting with the Prophet ﷺ. They said, we want to meet with you. And the Prophet ﷺ agreed. He said, okay, I will meet with you. So all of these heads of the Quraysh, these VIPs of the Kuffar, they met with the Prophet ﷺ and they said to him, look, you claim that you are a messenger of Allah. You claim that you receive revelation from Allah. You claim that you are a prophet and a messenger. So why don't you have some type of a miracle like other previous prophets came with you know we have read about previous prophets that came in the past Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Salih alayhi salam and they all came with different types of miracles Musa alayhi salam he had that stick you know that turned into a snake and that stick that he hit the Red Sea with and it split into two pieces and the people witnessed this miracle in front of their own eyes. Isa alayhi salam, by the permission of Allah, he was able to bring a dead bird back to life. He was able to, to bring dead people back to life. He was able to cure the diseases of the people by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a miracle that people witnessed. Salih alayhi salam, he was given the miracle of that she-camel that appeared from the rock in the mountain. And other prophets, you know, they were all given different types of miracles that their people witnessed and saw with their own eyes. So why don't you have this type of a miracle? That's what they asked to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ said, I do have a miracle. I have the greatest miracle of all. The miracle that has been given to me is the Qur'an. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged the people to come up with something that is like the Quran and they were never able to do so and they knew that they would never be able to do so first of all Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the people a challenge to come up with something like the Quran to come up with any book that is like the Quran Say that if all of the jinns and all of mankind were to gather together and try to come up with something like this Qur'an, they would never be able to come up with something like it. Even if they helped each other, even if the jinns helped the people and the people helped the jinns to come up with something like the Qur'an, they would never be able to do so. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lightened the challenge. He said, okay, you're not able to come up with something like the Qur'an? Okay. Come up with 10 surahs like the Quran. Say that he forged this Quran, that he fabricated this Quran. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them a challenge. Okay, say to them, come with 10 surahs. 
First it was the whole Quran. They were not able to do that. Then he said, okay, come with just 10 surahs. Come with 10 surahs like this Quran and call whomever you want other than Allah to help you if you are truthful. See if you can come up with even 10 surahs like the Quran. And of course, that challenge went unanswered as well. No one was able to come up with 10 surahs like the Quran. And then when they weren't able to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lightened the challenge even more. And he said, okay, you can't come up with the Quran. You can't come up with 10 surahs like the Quran. Okay, come up with one surah like the Quran. قُلْ So come with just one surah like the Quran. And they were not even able to do that. And the shortest surah of the Quran is Surah Al-Kawthar. Three verses, right? And they're not able to come up with a surah like this. They're not able to come up with a surah that compares to any surah of the Quran. So of course, this is a great miracle. And the beautiful thing about the miracle of the Quran is that it is a miracle that continues with us. We are allowed to interact with this miracle and we still live with this miracle today. As for the other prophets who were given their miracles, yes, their miracles were given for them, for their people to see and to witness. But they were temporary. Whereas our miracle that was given to this ummah, that was given to our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, it continues to go on. The miracle of the Quran still remains with us even after the death of the Prophet and we are able to benefit from this miracle and read this miracle and interact with this miracle on a daily basis, alhamdulillah. So this is the greatest miracle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ever gifted to mankind. That is the Quran. So the Prophet told them, he said, I have been given a miracle. My miracle is the Quran. And they knew that this was true because they were Arabs and they were very knowledgeable in the language of Arabic. And they knew that the Quran was not something that could have been thought up <coughs> by any human being. They knew it. But their point here was they wanted to just to find a way to try to defeat the Prophet ﷺ so he would stop giving da'wah. They were not really trying to reason with him logically. No, they were just trying to find a way that they could trap him. So they said to him, no, no, we're not talking about this type of a miracle. <coughs> we want a, a physical miracle that we can actually witness with our own eyes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions some of the miracles that they had asked for. One of the miracles that they asked for, they asked the Prophet wasallam, bring forth a gushing spring from the earth. Bring forth a gushing stream of water from the earth. And then one of them said, uh, make some beautiful gardens. We want beautiful gardens. They were living in Mecca in the middle of a desert, right? So they said to the Prophet ﷺ, come up with some beautiful gardens that have streams and rivers flowing through them and they're full of date trees and grape vines. Bring something like this so that we can see it with our own eyes. And then another one of them said, you know, you're always telling us that if we don't believe in Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send down his punishment to us. Okay, bring the punishment to us. Let the sky fall upon us in pieces. Bring that to us. Let us see that. And then another one said, you say that when people die, they will be resurrected and come back to life. So 
show us an example of that right now. Bring some dead people back to life. Let us see them. And one of them actually specifically mentioned, bring Qusay ibn Kilab. And we spoke about Qusay ibn Kilab, the leader of the Quraysh, who was able to retake Mecca from the tribe of Khuza'ah and bring it back to the children of Ismail alayhi salam. Qusay ibn Kilab. So he was very legendary amongst the people. So one of them said, bring Qusay ibn Kilab back to life. I want to meet him, you know. They were doing this all as a form of mockery to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They went so far to say, you claim that Allah gives you revelation and the angel comes to you and gives you revelation from Allah. Why do you only get to see the angel? Why can't we see the angels too? So they said actually to the Prophet ﷺ, they said, we want to see the angels and we want to see Allah himself as well. We want to see Allah with our own eyes and we want to see the angels with our own eyes. And then one of them said, you know, maybe if you were a wealthy person, a person of status, a person who had some financial type of position amongst us, maybe then more people would follow you. But you're a poor man. Why do you think we should follow you when you are a poor man and there are so many amongst us who are much wealthier than you? You know, maybe if you were rich, people would follow you. So you should come up with a house that is made out of gold and silver. Come with a house that is made out of gold and silver and adornments. And then maybe we will believe in you. And then one of them said, I will not believe in you until I see you flying in the sky. I want you to fly in the sky. If I see you flying in the sky, then we will start to talk. And even if you fly in the sky, I still won't believe in you unless you bring down from the sky a book that we can read. And then even if you bring that book from the sky, still I'm going to say you're just a magician. So this was the mockery that they showed towards the Prophet ﷺ, asking him to bring these different types of miracles. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in Surah Al-Isra. وَقَالُوا لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكَ حَتَّى تَفْجُرَ لَنَا مِنَ الْأَرْضِ يَنْبُوعًا أَوْ تَكُونَ لَكَ جَنَّةٌ مِّن نَخِيلٍ وَعِنَبٍ فَتُفَجِّرَ الْأَنْهَارَ خِلَالَهَا تَفْجِيرًا أَوْ تُسْقِطَ السَّمَاءَ كَمَا زَعَمْتَ عَلَيْنَا كِسَفًا أَوْ تَأْتِيَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ قَبِيلًا أَوْ يَكُونَ لَكَ بَيْتٌ مِّن زُخْرُفٍ أَوْ تَرْقَى فِي السَّمَاءِ وَلَنْ نُؤْمِنَ لِرُقِيِّكَ حَتَّى تُنَزِّلَ عَلَيْنَا كِتَابًا نَقْرَأُهُ قُلْ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّي هَلْ كُنْتُ إِلَّا بَشَرًا رَسُولًا they said to the Prophet ﷺ, we will never believe in you until you bring a spring of water forth from the earth. Or you bring forth gardens with date trees and grapevines and grapevines with rivers flowing through these gardens. Or you bring pieces of the sky down upon us as a punishment, like you are claiming. Or you bring Allah and his angels in front of us. Bring Allah and his angels so we can see them ourselves. Or you should at least have a house that is made out of adornments, made out of gold and silver or other precious materials. Or we should see you flying in the sky. And still, even if we see you flying in the sky, we still won't believe in you until you bring down a book from the sky that we can read. So look at these demands that they're trying to make to the Prophet ﷺ. And it's all a form of mockery. It's all a form of mockery. <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
commanded the Prophet ﷺ to reply to them by saying, Qul Subhana Rabbi, Hal kuntu illa bashar rasula Glory be to my Lord. Who am I except a man who is a messenger? I am a man and I am a messenger. I am not Allah. I can't do these things on my own. Signs come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what the Prophet ﷺ told them. Miracles and signs, they come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the demands that these kuffar of the Quraysh made towards the Prophet ﷺ. And it was a form of mockery to him to try to challenge him <coughs> in such a way. Now some people might ask, why didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just give them some of these signs? You know, that would, that, you know, if, if they saw these signs, maybe they would reflect, maybe some of them would believe. If they wouldn't believe, at least they would be humiliated. So why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not send them these signs? And it's actually from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he didn't send these signs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا مَنَعَنَا أَن نُرْسِلَ بِالْآيَاتِ إِلَّا أَن كَذَّبَ بِهَا الْأَوَّلُونَ and nothing prevented us from sending down any signs except that the previous nations they still disbelieved even after seeing those signs previous nations they were given these miracles and still even after witnessing these miracles with their own eyes they still disbelieved <coughs> and when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down a clear miracle a clear sign and the people still disbelieve after seeing that miracle then those people receive a punishment unlike any other punishment. The punishment that those people receive is a very, very severe punishment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically gives the example of the Thamud and their Prophet Salih alayhi salam and the sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted to Salih alayhi salam. Salih alayhi salam was the Prophet that was sent to the Thamud. And the Thamud, they asked Salih, they said, okay, if you're if you're truly a messenger, if you're truly a prophet, then we want to see this miraculous sign. We want to see a miraculous sign. And they said exactly what they wanted to see. They lived in a region that was very mountainous and there were rocks in those mountains. And they said, okay, if you are truly a prophet, make a she camel come forth from that rock in the mountain. Let that rock split and let a she camel come forth from that rock. And the she-camel is not just any she-camel. It should be a big, tall, attractive she-camel that is 10 months pregnant. We want to see that as a sign of your truthfulness, Ya Salih. And then Salih alayhi salam said to his people, okay, if you get this sign, if you get this miracle that you're asking for, do you promise, do you take a vow that you will believe in me after that? And they said, yes, of course, we will believe in you. So Salih alayhi salam, he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them what they asked for. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it to them exactly like they asked. He caused that rock to split and the 10-month pregnant she-camel that was tall and beautiful and attractive, it came out. So they witnessed this sign that they asked for with their own eyes. Some of them believed. Some of them, they actually believed in Salih alayhi salam after witnessing this. But the majority of them did not. The majority of them still did not believe. And we gave the Thamud the she-camel. But 
they wronged that she camel. They did zulm, they did oppression on that she camel. Salih alayhi salam gave them instructions to not harm that she camel and to allow it to eat and drink from the earth. He ordered his people, let this she camel eat from the earth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't touch it in a bad way. Don't try to harm it. And if you try to harm it, a near punishment will come to you. Yet the kuffar of the Thamud, they didn't pay any heed to these warnings from Salih alayhi salam and they actually killed that she camel. They murdered that she camel. And then Salih alayhi salam said to them, Tamattau fi darikum thalathata ayyam. Thalika wa'adun ghayru makdhub. Enjoy your lives for three more days. That's it. After three days, a big punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to come to you. And after those three days, a huge punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to them. Thunderbolts filled the sky. A huge earthquake shook the land. And a loud cry, a loud sound came. And all of the people of Thamud, the disbelievers of Thamud, they died in one shot. They died all at one time. So they were just dead bodies lying in their homes. This was the punishment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the Thamud for disbelieving even after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the very sign that they had asked for. So this is what happens when you ask for a sign and Allah gives it to you and you still disbelieve, then you can expect a punishment that is unlike any other punishment. When the companions of Isa alayhi salam, who were believers, they were the companions of Isa alayhi salam, they were believers. <coughs> they asked Isa alayhi salam, they said, هَلْ يَسْتَطِيعُ رَبُّكَ أَنْ يُنَزِّلَ عَلَيْنَا مَائِدَةً مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ They asked Isa alayhi salam, can your Lord send down to us a table of food from the sky? Miracle. And Isa alayhi salam quickly said to them, قَالَتْ تَقُوا اللَّهَ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Fear Allah if you are truly believers. And then they said to Isa alayhi salam, قَالُوا نُرِيدُ أَنْ نَأْكُلَ مِنْهَا وَتَطْمَئِنَّ قُلُوبُنَا وَنَعْلَمَ أَنْ قَدْ صَدَقْتَنَا وَنَكُونَ عَلَيْهَا مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ They said to Isa alayhi salam, we want to eat from it and we want to have peace in our hearts by seeing this and we will know that you have been truthful with us by seeing this miracle and we will be we will be witnesses to this great miracle. And then Isa alayhi salam, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them exactly what they had asked for. Qala Isa ibn Maryam, Allahumma rabbana anzil alayna ma'idatan minas sama. تَكُونُوا لَنَا عِيدًا لِأَوَّلِنَا وَآخِرِنَا وَآيَةً مِنْكَ وَارْزُقُنَا وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ Isa alayhi salam actually made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Oh Allah our Lord send us down a table of food from the sky It will be an Eid, it will be a celebration for the first of us and the last of us and it will be a sign from you and provide for us surely you are the best of providers And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered the dua of Isa alayhi salam by saying Allah said, I will send it down to you. I will give it to you. Said, I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send to your people what they are asking for. But if anyone disbelieves after seeing this, 
then I will punish that person with a punishment that I have never punished anyone in the world with before. So this is what happens when Allah sends a sign and you still disbelieve after seeing that sign, then expect a punishment unlike any other punishment. So it's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he didn't send him those signs because if they were to still disbelieve after that, then they would all be destroyed. <coughs> so after they asked for all of these signs and these miracles, Jibreel alayhi salam actually came down to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Jibreel alayhi salam came to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said to him, Ya Muhammad, inna Allah yukhayyiruk. O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah is giving you a choice. Allah is giving you a choice here. In shi'ta sabart. If you will, if you wish, you can remain patient. Wa in shi'ta ja'ahum ma yatlubun. And if you wish, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send them a miracle like they're asking for. So it's your choice. Either you can be patient or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can send them a miracle that they can see with their own eyes. But if they disbelieve after seeing that miracle, then they will all be utterly destroyed and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come to them. Just like the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to previous nations that disbelieved. It's your choice. Jibreel alayhi salam said that the choice is for you, Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, rahmatan lil alameen. Mercy for all of the universe, of all of creation. He said, bal asbir. Rather, I will remain patient upon their mockery, upon their ridicule. I will remain patient because perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow from their progeny to come people that will believe in Allah. Maybe they will not believe in Allah, but maybe their children or their grandchildren or their future generations, maybe they will believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for them, I will remain patient. This was the mercy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to his ummah. So he remained patient upon the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he remained patient upon the ridicule that came to him from the kuffar of the Quraysh. So again, the Quraysh failed. They tried to mock the Prophet ﷺ. They tried to get under his skin. They tried to irritate him. They tried to annoy him by this mockery, but it didn't work because the Prophet ﷺ was working for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and he was able to bear patiently whatever harm came to him from the way of these kuffar of the Quraysh. So now the Quraysh, how many times have they failed now? I mean, we can't even count how many times they have tried to stop the da'wah and how many times they have failed every time. So now they decided to take it to the next level, to take it to the next gear. They said, okay, from now on, anyone who accepts Islam, anyone who becomes a Muslim, we will physically torture that person. They were doing that already to the weak people, to the poor people, to the, pers to the people who didn't have uh, a strong tribal affiliation. They were already torturing those people and they were harming those people. But now they said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're poor or they're rich. It doesn't matter if they're weak or even if they're powerful. Anyone who accepts the religion of Muhammad wasallam, we will torture them. So if someone, they, they, they made an agreement amongst themselves. 
If anyone from your sub-tribe becomes a Muslim, it's your responsibility to torture them. If anyone from your sub-tribe becomes a Muslim, it's your responsibility to torture them. So whatever groups they had, they said anyone from your group, if they ever become a Muslim, it's your responsibility to punish them and to torture them. So they started torturing anyone who would become a Muslim. And from amongst the people we know from the early Muslims who were tortured was Bilal radiallahu an Khabbab, the family of, uh, of Yasir, Yasir radiallahu an and his wife Sumayyah radiallahu anha, who was the first shaheed, first shaheeda, the first martyr in Islam. And we'll talk about that next week, inshallah. Their son, Ammar radiallahu an, that whole family went through so much difficulty. Zubair radiallahu an. There were so many, you know, early Muslims who had to go through this physical torture and psychological torture as well. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu an. So this was their new plan. Anyone who becomes a Muslim, torture them in any way that you can. And inshallah, next week we will talk about some examples of the torture that the early Muslims had to go through. Radiallahu anhum ajma'een. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een.